what we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! You ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. Why, hello there, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. It's finally Friday. We made it, y'all. It's Friday. It's football Friday on top of that. Today is September the 29th in the year of the Lord 2023. This is episode 940 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey. Why? They'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. And we today does have a little bit of a different feel. Yes, it's football Friday. Yes, it's the last Friday of September, but it's also a great day. We are proud to announce our usual Friday guest, Paul Whittington, uh, who's appeared on this show more than any other person in the uh, what almost four-year history of the show. Uh, Paul and his beautiful wife, Samantha, were able to take their son home from uh, the neonatal intensive care unit yesterday in Cary. Man, couldn't have any better news than that, man. A little Levi is home. Uh, that may, but that makes Paul unable to join us today, but it is all good. The most, uh, let's not bury the headline here. The headline is that, uh, their son is finally home for the first time in almost uh, three weeks after he was born. So that is just tremendous news. So congratulations to Paul. However, that means he can't join us today on the show. And, uh, again, <laughs> there couldn't be a better reason for him not to join us for his son to be, uh, home. But joining us in less than 15 minutes on our Spence Automotive guest line. Uh, in fact, I should tell you this before we even get started here. We have five guests today. How about that? Two here in the first hour, three in our second hour, and four of the five are uh, going to be just uh, part of our Football Friday broadcast here. But uh, joining us here is our regular Tuesday guest. He's going to be joining us in, uh, in about 10 minutes. We're starting him a little bit early today. Uh, we've got a lot to talk to him about. He's the news editor of the Carteret County News Times at CarolinaCoastOnline.com. And he's our regular NBA and hoops expert, Richard Clark. We are doing uh, ceiling floor with him. We started it this past Tuesday when we did the uh, NBA Eastern Division. and uh, Or, I'm sorry, the Atlantic Division. Atlantic Division. And uh, we're going to be uh, talking to him. I think we're going to try to knock out the Central Division today, too. Man, I also want to uh, talk to him about Damian Lillard being traded from uh, Portland to Milwaukee in a three-team deal a couple of days ago. Just uh, listen, the NBA is firing up. We had a you see. It feels like we had maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks of no NBA, but here it is, right back as uh, training camps will begin next week. Goodness gracious, I can't believe the NBA is back, but. Uh, we love it here, obviously, with uh, Reggie and Brandon playing in it. And uh, just can't wait to, uh, like I said, to pick uh, uh, Richard's brain about that uh, as we'll do ceiling floor with uh, the Central Division today. At about 45 minutes into this first hour, we're going to be joined by a first-timer to the show. 
Uh, he actually has his own weekly sports talk show right down in Jacksonville on Freedom 97.1 and 11.20 a.m. He's the voice of Southwest Onslow Athletics and just a good guy, man. His name is Chris Rayner. <coughs> way overdue. Should have had him on the show way before now. Uh, he know he is Mr. Southwest Onslow. If you want to know anything about the Stallions, that's who you talk to. In fact, he was in town last night in Kinston last night for the Southwest at Kinston uh, JV game last night. We'll get a report from him on that. But I got to tell you, I got to know him through uh, Wells Gulledge's East Coast Invitational. Uh, I've known about him for a while. He's one of those guys that's almost what we've talked about with other folks with like a Venn diagram. Uh, I know of him. He knows of me. We've just never really, I've not been on his show. He better invite me to be on his show now. That's all I got to say. <laughs> but uh, a good guy. You guys are going to like him. And, man, anything you want to know about Southwest Onslow football, he definitely knows. And, uh, again, with Kinston traveling there tonight, I thought we'd get a, a nice little uh, sneak preview for the folks that are going to be making that trip over to Jacksonville for that. Guys, that's just our first hour. Richard Clark, Chris Rayner in our second hour. Uh, it is Football Friday. You know what that means. In our second hour, we're going to be joined by a trio of local head football coaches who have home games tonight at around five minutes into our second hour. So uh, it might be five, six, seven minutes or so. We're going to be joined by South Lenore's Will Harrell. Uh, his Blue Devils are hosting James Keenan tonight at around 15 minutes into our second hour. They're going to be joined by Jay Wilson from Green Central. His Rams are playing host to Aiden Grifton in a huge game. It's also homecoming for Green Central. Uh, so uh, that's going to be a pretty fun visit. Like I said, that's about 15 minutes to our second hour. And then about 25 minutes into our second hour, we're going to be joined by Parrot Academy head football coach Matt Beeman for the third time this week. How about that? We had him on Monday to preview his game against Kerry Christian. We had him on Tuesday as part of our uh, Monday morning quarterback. Uh, when our coaches win, by God, we have him here on the show if they'll come on with us. And, uh, and then, uh, tonight they've got, they've got homecoming tonight as, uh, Parrot Academy will be hosting, uh, father Capadano that's out of Vass in Moore County. Uh, that's our Davis wholesale tire game of the week. Uh, so, uh, man, how's that for a show guys? Are we going to have you covered or what? Uh, Richard Clark and Chris Rayner in our first hour, then Will Harold, Jay Wilson, Matt Beeman in our second hour. And as if you can't get enough of uh, hearing me uh, talk sports and talk to all these coaches, how about today at 5 o'clock, tune in right here on 960betonthebull.com or 960 a.m. here in Kenston and throughout eastern North Carolina. You'll be able to hear us do the Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show. Not only will you hear from Will Harrell and Jay Wilson and Matt Beeman, you'll also hear from uh, all the other coaches in our neck of the woods too as they are going to be uh, taking part in their Friday night football game tonight. And we have got a full night. We're going to get to that here in a moment. But, man, we've got a full night of football. I mean, everybody is playing. All eight teams that are in our uh, air, in our AO, our area of operations, as we used to say back in my military intelligence days in the Army. I know it's hard to believe that I was in military intelligence. It's probably an oxymoron, but I was part of that. Anyway, uh, we've got a full night of games. Eight, All eight teams uh, in our area are playing in seven games. I tell you what, why don't we go ahead and jump into that, and then we'll, I'll give you all the other stuff that's happening this weekend too. But uh, tonight, uh, Kenston, three and three overall. They're one and one. I tell you what, before we do that, why don't I tell you about Lenore Community College? LCC for more than 65 years. LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission 
is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its beautiful main campus right here in Kenston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252 527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today. And again, uh, thank you so much. Richie Honeycutt, Dr. Rusty Hunt, uh, Jessica Cruz, uh, Jeannie Kennedy, uh, just all the folks over at Catherine Pearson. How could I forget Catherine Pearson? Shelly Barnes, all the folks over at Lenore Community College. They are the title sponsor of the Brian Hank show and pretty much have been since we uh, started this bad boy almost four years ago. And we appreciate every one of them. And thank you to Lenore community college for being the title sponsor of EO, uh, Brian Hank show. We do appreciate them. Now let's get to, uh, tonight's games. Uh, Kenston is three and three overall. They're one and one in the East central two a, they travel to Southwest Onslow, uh, a place where they have been successful. They've only played, uh, Southwest twice. They are 2-0 against them, including last season's 45-32 win over at Viking Field. Again, we will be talking to Chris Rayner in our, uh, what, about uh, 35 minutes or so from now to get his feelings on that game, so looking forward to that. Uh, North Lenore is 1-4 overall. They are 0-1 in the conference. They lost last week to Southwest Onslow, and it gets no easier for them. As they travel to Teachy to take on Wallace Rose Hill. Wallace Rose Hill is three and three overall. They're two and zero in the conference. The Hawks are have only played uh, Wallace Rose Hill twice as the past two years in conference play. They lost last year sixty eight to nothing over in Wheat Swamp. They lost sixty nine to six two years ago in Teachy, and it's going to be it's going to be a tough game tonight. But uh, listen, I think North Door, uh, especially after that win at East Carteret a couple of weeks ago. And uh, they played pretty well against Southwest for a while last week. I think it's going to be a lot closer than it's been the previous couple of years against Wallace Rose Hill. But uh, good luck to uh, Larry Dale, just a great guy, and all the stuff that he's already been through here in his first year. I think he's doing a, a very good job over in Wheat Swamp. And I got to tell you, a lot of confidence with that program too. Uh, what I mean by that is they they know how tough this conference is, but if they can uh, show something against Wallace Rose Hill tonight. I'm telling you, the county championship is going to be a pretty good one between uh, North and North and Kenson. Kenson's already won leg one of the uh, Jimmy Smith Cup. Really excited to see what will happen when uh, Kenson and North and North play each other later on this year. South Lenore, uh, you'll hear from Will Harrell to uh, kick off our second hour today. His Blue Devils take on James Keenan today. Keenan is 3-2 and two overall. They're 0-1 in the conference. Their one loss in the league was to East Duplin. Uh, South Nor one and five overall. They're zero and two in the league. Uh, Keenan and uh, South Nor have played each other thirty times through the years, from nineteen sixty six to nineteen eighty four, eighty nine to ninety six in two thousand two, and then twenty one to twenty two. And uh, South Nor is ten, nineteen, and one all time against James Keenan. Uh, Keenan is, however, on a two-game winning streak against South Lenore, including last year's 50-7 to game in Warsaw. South Lenore last beat Keenan 12 to nothing. That was back in that uh, in 2002. Uh, I'm anticipating a pretty good game there, too. Uh, Keenan gave, uh, gave East Duplin a pretty good game a couple of weeks ago, and Keenan was off last week. Last week was their bye week. 
Uh, but East Duplin beat them 28-7. to So I'm excited to see what South North is going to do against Keenan tonight. I think that's going to be a little bit closer game than folks realize, too. South North discovered something in that game against Kinston a couple of weeks ago, and I think they're uh, going to continue that uh, tonight at home against James Keenan. Parrot Academy at home. They're 3-2 and two, uh, overall. They take on uh, Father Capadano, uh, a first-year eight-man program. It's our Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week, as we've told you. Uh, very excited about that. It's homecoming tonight at uh, Parrot Academy, too. Uh, we'll get to hang out with our good friend Shane Albee up in the press box, but it'll be uh, the uh, Real Discount Drugs pregame show kicks off at 5 o'clock. Myself, Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith, Jason Bryant, Keith Spence. Uh, we'll probably even try to get in a call to Paul Whittington for that, too. That's going to be uh, a lot of fun tonight. That's from 5 to 7. And then kickoff for the game is at 7 o'clock. And, again, uh, Parrot Academy 3-2, and two, Father Capadano 1-4. and four. Uh, This is the first ever matchup, obviously, between the squads. Uh, Capadano's only victory was against Lee Christian on August 25th. That was a 54-6 to six win for them. Uh, they lost last week, though, 58-12 to 12 at home versus Rocky Mountain Faith. And as you know, Parrot Academy won uh, 46-24 to 24 against Kerry Christian. That game was right here on 960 The Bull this past Friday. Or, I'm sorry, this past Monday. Uh, Bethel Christian, they are 0-1 after their season opener this past Monday. They take on the Vikings, and they travel to Halifax. Take on the Vikings at Halifax Academy. Halifax is 4-0. Uh, probably uh, this next game is the biggest game in the neck of the woods to me. Uh, Green Central is at home against Aiden Grifton. Two old-time rivals have played each other every season since 1971. Aiden Grifton leads that all-time series, 28-24. Uh, but Green Central has won the last two games between the two teams, including last year's matchup, which was a 64-7 to victory for the Rams. The 64 points set a school record for most points in a game for Green Central. The 57-point margin of victory was tied for second. Jones Sr. is 0-5. Uh, that's the bad news. The good news is they scored their first touchdown of the year uh, last week. However, they'll travel to Lejeune tonight. Lejeune is 1-3. This is a matchup between two teams that have been rivals for a while now. And uh, good luck to the Trojans tonight as they travel down to Camp Lejeune to take on the Devil Pups. One, still one of my favorite nicknames of uh, any team in North Carolina, the Devil Pups of Lejeune. Okay, uh, real quick before we get Richard up here on the line with us, uh, don't forget the Little Mermaid starts back tonight. Uh, there's three performances left in this year's uh, uh, playing or the, uh, what would you say? Uh, the, the the Little Mermaid uh, performances, there you go. Uh, tonight at 7, Saturday at 7, and then Sunday at 3 with Holly Holder as Ariel and the Little Mermaid. It's going to be a lot of fun. Linda and I will be there tomorrow night. If you see us, say hello. Give Linda a hug. Brag on her big ring. Uh, congratulate her on uh, being engaged to me. <laughs> I am totally joking there. Congratulate me. I am the winner here. That is for sure. Uh, but the Little Mermaid uh, this weekend, like I said, tonight at 7, tomorrow at 7, and then Sunday at 3. And I hope to see a lot of you guys out there tomorrow night. It should be a lot of fun. The Festival of Hope is at Wildwood Park in Greenville. That's this Saturday. That is tomorrow. Uh, and that goes from like 9 a.m. until. A lot of great things going to be going on out there. Uh, Parker Bird will be out there from ECU Baseball. Uh, just a very, very inspirational story that he has. You'll get to meet him. Uh, Dave Mira's widow will be out there, too. She's got a, It's going to be her first time doing a public speech. 
you're really going to enjoy meeting her too. Hey, the Lenore County Fair, it is here uh, as of this coming Tuesday. So what, four days away? So uh, get ready, make your plans for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Don't forget the cheerleading competition is uh, is Tuesday. That is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing it, I guess, now for the third year in a row. And my partner in crime, Brian North, will be uh, helping me out there too. We're gonna. It's just going to be a blast. Uh, that is going to be uh, Tuesday night at uh, six. Uh, I believe it begins at six or maybe five thirty. Ah, I should have known that. I, I wonder if Richard Clark knows. Hey, Rich, when does the uh, cheerleading competition out at Lenore County Fair begin on Tuesday? Oh wow! Let me look at my list real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 you were joking there. Okay. Okay. Uh, you, uh, you're not, you're talking about professional cheerleaders, correct? No, you no, know? no. This is really cool. No. It's the, okay. the annual, uh, dude, they do it every year. The cheerleading competition out of the Lenore County fair. It is awesome. All our I local know. high schools. No, no. Oh, I know you, how many pages did you lay out through the years with that? And, and dude, yeah. we get about oh, yeah. 2,500 to 3000 people turn out for that every year. But, uh, Brian North and I are emceeing that this Tuesday night. Uh, I've done it the last couple of years. He's joining me for the first time it's something that uh skip waters did for about 20 25 years in fact the uh the traveling trophy that they uh give every year to the overall uh cheerleading uh champion is uh is named the skip waters uh trophy how cool is that oh wow nice yeah yeah i know uh so uh you i think it's from 5 30 on I, I need to check and man talk about what a bad what a bad host and mc i am i can't even tell you what time you know what just plan on being out there tuesday night and uh i mean there's so many cool things just buy one uh wristband get one free what's your i gotta ask you dude hey, before we jump and i know here we go again i want to jump into uh ceiling floor and i'm talking uh just non-sequitur things but for Richard Clark, what a what is your favorite fair food? If you go to a county fair or even a state fair or whatever, what is the one thing that Richard Clark wants in his belly? And then secondly, what's your favorite fair ride, dude? Well, I'm old now, so I don't really want to get on any of those rides. <laughs> um, yeah, now, when I first started in this business, um, we at little place in Powhatan, Virginia, uh, I'm, I was a sports guy. And one of the first big story, the first big story I had to go cover was a, a cop shooting a kid on a motorcycle in the face. But the next one was a fair ride turned over. One of them ones with the chains and it spins real fast and you sit in a little swing. <laughs> so, yeah, after that, um, seeing the carnage of that, I was out. So good luck <laughs> at the fair. I love the fair food. You know, I'll go eat, man, I'll eat anything, you know, but I kind of go for the funnel, the funnel cake. Oh. So now, when you get a funnel cake, do you just get like the the uh, powder put on it, or do you like strawberries or blueberries or peaches or anything like that? How do you how do you eat your funnel cake, Richard Clark? I I, I tend to go the chocolate route. Um, oh. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm not ashamed to eat any of it. To be honest, I mean that's why I'm fat. So. Uh, <laughs> It kind of is what it is at this point, dude. Let me, hey, let me show you fat. You ain't fat, okay? Hey, I, I trust me, I am. I watched when I had to go to the hospital a while back for that little thing, that little procedure. Uh, I got on the scale and it looked like a Price Is Right thing. Just <laughs> like, oh, good lord! Oh my! And God. they didn't let me take my shoes off or anything. Oh, 
So that's all. We'll see. Yeah, because when I, I weigh myself, and I can tell you, as of yesterday, I, I've inched back up. And I mean, I need to let people know. So I shame myself here, but uh, your boy was back over two thirty. I'm at two thirty two as of yesterday. But let me tell you something, dude. Now, as people are you know eating their cornflakes and eating their sausage biscuits and everything, I was completely naked. Okay, that's how I weigh myself. Uh, so yeah, I'm with uh, you, dude. You know, you get I'm two thirty two with nothing on, man. You put shoes on and, you know, dude, I wear heavy clothes, you know, I mean. Then- uh, yeah, yeah, my shoes weigh 60 pounds. <laughs> I know, dude. Oh, hey, I was, look, I was, I was 231. You? And I'm about, I'm about what, six inches shorter than you? I was about to say at least a foot, dude. <laughs> let's not get carried away <laughs> yeah let's not get carried away but yeah as of yesterday 232 man i'd gotten it down to 225 and i'm inching back up which that means uh but then i don't know why that happens i mean you know we got crispy creams laying around and you know <laughs> yeah I, I was i was stuffing my face with uh uh with milk duds the other day and then got up and asked my girlfriend i said I don't know why I'm getting fat. Well, <laughs> she's looking at the at the box of milk duds, going, "Yeah, I don't either." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're not, we don't have you on. By the way, dude, thank you for joining us here. Your uh, people who are listening right now, who are daily listeners, are probably like Pam Sheffield and Keith Spence and Greg Clemens. They're looking at their uh, clocks, right? Or looking at their clocks, but they're also looking at their calendar, going. What the hell? Today's not Tuesday. It yeah, is not that, Tuesday. Yeah, probably pretty disappointed right now. No, that's not true. For you, for dude, you, buddy. you need to stop that, dude. Uh, <laughs> dude, I, I think it's kind of timely with the NBA trade that happened a couple of days ago. We're yeah. going to talk about that. But I did want to mention just uh, one more time. I said it uh, early, but uh, congratulations to Paul and Samantha. Just very excited. Uh, dude, he, and I don't even know if I told you why I, was, uh, I asked you to come on today. is because uh, Paul's a regular Friday guest. But uh, they, uh, for the first time, he was born three we- almost three weeks ago. It'll be three weeks ago tomorrow. They're taking their son home from the neonatal intensive care unit. Uh, they no, did that good. exactly. Good. They did that yesterday. So that is why uh, Richard Clark and thank you, Rich, for filling in today and helping out. You'll be back again on Tuesday. But uh, just uh, thank you for filling in for uh, Paul. I wonder what his night was like, man. I mean, his first night at home with his baby boy. I mean, I. I, I I don't know what it was like. They probably, if I know them well enough, they probably just sit outside his crib and just stared at him all night long, you know? <laughs> well, if they were in the neonatal, I'm sure they've done a fair bit of that already. Yeah. But I'm so. talking about but staring at him in their own home, though, you know? Oh, the, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, Rich, I appreciate you joining us. And I'll tell you what, I don't know any other better way to jump into this, but hey, I got to tell you, I was a little bit disappointed when the trade happened. And it was like, right, we hadn't been off the show that long, or I guess it was several hours. I was like, man, now I got to wait until next Tuesday to talk to Rich about this. And then this opens up, so I love it. We get to talk about this three-way trade between uh, Seattle, Seattle, good Lord, between Portland, uh, Milwaukee, and who was the other? It was uh, Phoenix. Phoenix, the other Phoenix. team. Hey, dude, I'm just well, going to stop. Just, I'm going to stop. I want you to take you over. Know, Go ahead. Well, just so you know, first thing out, uh, Gwen is a very happy that you had me on because she's kind of tired of me going, hey, did you know Damian Lillard got traded? <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and she has to pretend like she knows who Damian. She asked me the other day, she goes, I don't know what that means. I said, what are you talking about? Well, I don't know what trade means. Oh my I'm like, oh. yeah, she don't like sports, man. Well, it's amazing on, we dude. can even, even live in the Linda, same house. Linda's just a periphery uh, sports fan. Uh, maybe I need to ask her if she knows what trade means. See, 
I mean, it's, it's <laughs> you know, I had to, I had to explain, explain it's mansplain to her. So anyway, but getting to the trade itself on paper, it's fantastic. And I love it for Dame and for Giannis. Um, offensively, they're going to be a nightmare if they can both stay healthy. I mean, we're kind of looking at that New Jersey net situation again, Brooklyn net situation again, um, with all that offense on one team with Middleton and Dame and Giannis. That pick and roll is just going to be awful, awful tough. Um, but, you know, uh, as you know, we both listen to the same guy, and he loves his list. And he had an interesting list, boy. Have you heard his new one yet? No, I have not. Hit me. Well, guards over 33 that have averaged 22 points a game. How many do you think there are? Okay, say that again. Guards that? Uh, over 33 years old. Okay. Which Dame is at average twenty two points a game. Well, Jordan is the obvious one, right? And uh, there's two obvious ones. Yeah, there's two obvious ones. Uh, uh, oh my God, why uh, Kobe from the Lakers, right? Well, the three then because it's Kobe, Steph is the other one. Um, Good Lord, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and the logo is one of them. Oh, Jerry Jerry West, West, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's two more that are uh, periphery guys that had good seasons, but that's it. Like Hal Greer was one of them. So it's only it's only five. Wow. So that's that's scary when you put it in the context of what you gave up. But I'm not sure Milwaukee had a choice. And and I love it for the league because it's something to talk about, and everybody's going to wait to see what that looks like on on the court. Giannis and Dane, come on, man. If you don't like basketball, if you don't like to see that, you don't like basketball. Well, here's what I want you to speak to also, Rich, is that it Milwaukee really didn't give up anything. And I'm not trying to denigrate, you know, the players that, you know. No. But they, but in the grand scheme of things, they didn't give up much, did they? Well, they gave up basically their defense, which is ironic because that's, you know, now their new hole. They tra- basically traded one problem for the other. Uh, Dame's defense is terrible, whereas Holiday – you know, what this did open up, though, I think, and you're right, on paper, they didn't give up a whole lot. They basically gave up Holiday and some future picks, which don't matter if Giannis is not there anyway. Um, so that in that part, it's a wash. But now what happens to True Holiday is the story. Because there are a couple teams, if he ends up on them, they're all of a sudden in the hunt, too. I mean, what happens if he goes to Miami? Wow. What happens if he goes to the Celtics? Yeah. What happens if he ends up in L.A.? Because these are teams that have glaring holes that he could fill beautifully because they're, he's a fine two-way player. I mean, I, I would have him on my team in RB. So I really like the move, and it gave Portland a little ability to make some moves because, you know, they got to let Scoot Henderson run the team from the get-go. Phoenix is the one I'm not sure what they're doing. Well, I was going to ask you of the three teams in this deal, uh, you know, Milwaukee. I mean, rank, rank them one to three who got the best. And uh, talk a little bit about uh, the uh, Phoenix side of it. Talk a little bit about the Portland side of it. Well, Portland ended up with, with True Holiday and some uh, and DeAndre Ayton and a bunch of picks and pick swaps. Well, Ayton, you know, he's still a top 10, top 12 center in the league. And he averaged 18 and 10, which is nothing to sneeze at, and he's played in some big games. Yeah. So, he's a, he, you know, you take a flyer on him, can you resurrect his career, so to speak? 
because um, everybody's kind of remembered that he flamed out in the playoffs, but he flamed out in the playoffs against Jovic, <laughs> against Joker. Well, who didn't? You know, so <laughs> we kind of we kind of won that. the NBA title. You know, right, right, and everybody's <laughs> like, "Oh, he got destroyed in the playoffs." But yeah, so did everybody else. So I really like that move for them. It's kind of one of those let's see if we can restore this career kind of thing. And if he turns out that he's got another year, then they hit a home run. If it doesn't, they trade him to a contender in a year or at the end of the toward the end of the playoffs. I mean, uh, the trade deadline. And some teams going to probably give a first-round pick for it because they need a big man to go play against Joel Embiid or whoever. So I really like that from an asset-building standpoint because um, Drew Holiday is going to fetch probably two firsts from somebody, at least one and a, and a, and a second. Um, the Phoenix part, I don't understand. They ended up with Keon Johnson and Nurkic, which was the center in Portland, and uh, one other piece. But I, I did not like that their move at all because, you know, Nurkic hadn't played a real season in, since 2016. Um, Keon Johnson, can he actually play? Are we sure <laughs> that guy's a – you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He's kind of been on the fringes of, of the NBA to begin with. So you're kind of looking around going, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, so I, I really like the move for – Milwaukee, it's kind of what they have to do when you're getting toward the back end of a run of a group of players, which in this case is Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. So they have to do what they have to do. I really like the move for Portland. They they were able to get off of Dame's ginormous contract and turn the team over to Scoot Henderson and would add DeAndre Ayton, who is kind of one of those flyer picks. Oh, the other one was Grayson Allen and Nazir Little is who Phoenix is bringing in. Okay. The, the jury's out on Nazir Little. He's still only 23, I think. Um, but Grayson Allen, you know, we just saw what happened when they needed him to play in the playoffs in Milwaukee. And, you know, Tatum and Brown and them were just killing the guy, Jimmy Butler. So, uh, is he a rotation guy? Maybe in the regular season, but I, I don't think he's a playoff guy. So, I think Phoenix got worse. And, and that's the part of it. They're the ones that I think failed in this deal. So, it just seemed like they were really anxious to get rid of DeAndre Ayton, which I think anytime you get anxious to get rid of an asset, you're probably going to make a bad move. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's just ironic and it's neat the way this is working out here. We're going to play uh, NBA ceiling floor now with Rich. We did uh, – uh, the NBA Atlantic Division on Tuesday. Today we're doing the Central. We'd already planned on doing it. And how about that? How cool is it that, ironically, we get to talk about Milwaukee? Uh, let me go ahead. Let me, I'll go ahead and tell you what Vegas is saying before we uh, get into Rich's predictions here. And what we do here on ceiling floor is exactly like it sounds. Richard Clark goes, "Okay, this is the ceiling. What he thinks is the best that you can expect from this team, and then the floor." This is what he thinks. If everything goes wrong, this is the floor for that team. Uh, so here are the over-under. This is from VegasInsider.com, which uh, isn't just one book. They look at nine different books in Vegas. Uh, or uh, how can I describe it? I guess uh, different uh, casinos, different uh, places. And they compile them all together, average them out, and this is what they come up with for over-under for uh, the uh, NBA uh, Central Division. Would you believe, because I, I wrote this down because I thought we might get to it Tuesday. 
Yeah. <laughs> should have known we weren't going to get to two. But, uh, you know, I, I thought we'd get to two. So I've got the numbers right here in front of me of what they were as of Tuesday. And I thought Milwaukee's over-under might go up a little bit. It did not. And this was updated as of, and I'm looking to make sure, as of 8-17 yesterday morning, as of uh, uh, September 28th at 8-17 a.m. So uh, Milwaukee's number Tuesday was 53 and a half wins. It remains at 53 and a half wins, dude. I was a little bit surprised by that. Uh, the rest of them are pretty much still the same. Uh, Cleveland is at 50 and a half. Chicago is at 37 and a half. We're talking about wins here. 53 and a half wins right. for Milwaukee. Well, I'm letting the listeners know. I know you know. 53 and a half for Milwaukee. 50 and a half for Cleveland. 37, or I'm sorry, 38 and a half for the Pacers. 37 and a half for Chicago. And then tied for the lowest on the entire board. I was a little bit surprised by this is Detroit at 28 and a half. So yeah. uh, let's uh, let's start with it. And uh, Richard Clark, Milwaukee, ceiling floor. Well, I think their ceiling is probably 60. If everybody's – and, again, we're talking about, what, the 10% chance that Dame and Giannis and Middleton stay healthy. But, I mean, you have to account for that. And if they stay healthy, that's a 60-win team, as simple as that. Wow. Uh, their floor is probably – 45 because they, you know, game is old. Giannis is getting up there. Brooke Lopez is old. Middleton's coming off that knee surgery. So, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like the Cowboys offensive line. It's a little fragile. (laughs) No, I knew we would get a Cowboys. Besides, uh, (laughs) I got to tell you this, we've got about 10 minutes left. We're, We're saving a good minute and a half for, uh, for some Cowboys talk before you get off today. Okay. Okay. There you go. To that point, I'm going to say 45 is their floor, Milwaukee. Very good. Okay, uh, Cleveland, I got to tell you, and yes, I know they made strides last year, but there may not be another – now, this is my opinion. Now, you're the NBA expert, but as a periphery NBA uh, fan, which, I, you know, I I like my Celtics and I like my Hornets, but I got to tell you, I think Cleveland is kind of, if it's possible, they're flying under the radar, dude. I mean, to – here that 50 and a half is their expectation in Vegas. That's only three games behind Milwaukee. That's only four games behind Boston. I was a little bit surprised by that, dude. Well, I think it's good for them because last year they were that trendy pick, and I think that kind of hurt them a little bit. Um, I agree with Vegas that this team is probably a 50-win team. I don't think we're looking at the iteration that it's going to be by the trade deadline. Okay. I think that, that what they saw in the playoffs was they can't play Mobley and Jared Allen at the same time. So they're going to have to make a move. Ideally for Cleveland, uh, Joker winning the title and if NB comes out strong this at the beginning of the year, that's going to raise the stock of Jared Allen on the trade market because that's who they need to move. And they need to move him for a wing defender. And if they can do that, this team jumps to the 55-win team, I think. Wow. But as it, as it stands We're right talking now. Cleveland. Yeah, they, all they really lacked last year was a 3-and-D small forward. Wow. They just they put four guys in that spot, and they could not get anybody to hit shots at any kind of consistency. So if they could get that and, and Mobley just go up a little bit, which I, I think a lot of people are a little disappointed by it, his year last year um, after the promise he showed his rookie year. But I, I think he'll be fine. I just think they need to move off Jared Allen. And if they can do that and get, you know, some kind of, I don't know, 
a small forward that like Reggie, honestly, is kind of what they need. Somebody like Reggie Bullock. Um, if they can do find that guy, that team's a good team. Dude, so, and I'm I didn't say, want to interrupt you. I did not want to interrupt you, but you knew I was sitting over here the whole time screaming, Reggie, Reggie, Reggie. Yeah. And he would fit I mean, in that, with that. He's he, the prototype for what they need. Yeah, I mean, they don't need him to score 20 points a game. They just need somebody that's dependable in there that could shoot well, 45% from the three-point range, which is what he does anyway, and plays good defense. Well, to that point, you know, that Harrison Barnes would be good there. Somebody like that. And, you know, there's been talk that Sacramento's interested in Holiday. So who knows what that's going to take to move that needle. Um, so you never know. You know, True Holiday would be great for Cleveland. He's a little small, but he can guard Jimmy Butler and those guys in a pinch, which is what they need. I mean, you'll be a small team if you put out Holiday and, and Donovan Mitchell and uh, the point guard, the one from Vanderbilt. Uh, I can't, his name escapes me right now, but you know what I'm talking I about. I do. I do. Okay, well, yeah. then uh, ceiling floor – the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm going to say 52 is the ceiling. I'm going to say 42 is the floor. If they can't move off of that um, that Jared Allen contract and if Donovan Mitchell becomes unhappy and wants to go to New York. <laughs> well, the Indiana Pacers up next. Uh, 38 and a half is their number. They went 35 and 47 last year. So pretty much just expecting more of the same from the Pacers. I, I don't know, man. I kind of like the Pacers. Okay. Um, Darius Garland, who we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, I like I like the Pacers, <laughs> and it just jumped in my head. I the know, Pacers, I know, man. Halliburton we're, is we're the, old, man. We're old. <laughs> yeah, the, the Pacers. Halliburton is is top notch. I mean, he's right there at taking the next All Star lead. So the question becomes, what do they have to go with it? And I think they've added some pretty nice pieces. So I'm gonna say. They're a 42-win team, which would put them at 500 or thereabouts. And I'm going to say 32 for them because Halliburton has been injury-prone, put it that way. Okay, so 42 is the ceiling for 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 the Pacers Pacers and 32. Okay, the Chicago Bulls, man, I I thought they were doing something a couple of years ago. I really did. Uh, You know, of course, we're Kobe White fans here. He's from Goldsboro. He went to uh, uh, prep school and – and Wilson, and I just really, you know, I thought he was going to be something, part of something bigger. And if anything, I mean, they go 40 and 42 last year, and then you look at their number is 37 and a half. What are they doing in Chicago, dude? Uh, getting old. <laughs> okay. And, and and they can't, they, they got a lot of pieces they, that they didn't maximize at the height of their value. Like, you know, they got the, uh, the kid from, uh, they played at the Lakers. Uh, with the headband. Um, they should have moved him at the beginning of last year. Instead, they held on to him because Alex Caruso, they held on to him because, you know, they didn't know what was going on with Lonzo Ball. Well, Lonzo Ball still doesn't look like he can play. Um, Caruso's value is not what it was a year ago. You're trying to play uh, Zach Levine, who has got a max deal. So who's going to take that contract? Uh, and then you got Vucevich and, and DeMar DeRozan. So you're old. Um, they have to move off some of those guys. I just don't know what that looks like. I'm going to say this is a 35-win team. Wow. Okay. So yeah, that's, what, that's, what, their, that's their ceiling. Their floor is 25. Wow. That... I mean, they, they, don't have any, they don't have any real uh, options 
you know, because they traded all their picks for Vucevic. So what are you going to do? You got nothing to offer back. And I guess somebody would trade lightly for DeMar DeRozan if they were making a playoff run, but you wouldn't give up more than a second-round pick or a, a rotation guy, you know what I mean? So I, I just don't know what you have to offer anybody that they want. Zach Levine, but are we sure he can play in the playoffs? You know, for a Boston or somebody of that nature? I'm not. And I certainly wouldn't want to bet the farm on that. I mean, to me, their most valuable commodity, if I'm a playoff contending team, is probably Caruso. Wow. You know, he can play off the bench. You don't have to worry about him wanting the ball. He'll defend. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I, I just don't think they're in a good place right now. And if I was on their roster, I'd be looking to get out. What is happening with Kobe White, in your opinion, dude? Again, you are in, not that we have to establish your credentials uh, every time you come on, but I, but sometimes I feel like I should. Nobody watches League Pass more than Richard Clark. Nobody is, I mean, other than people who actually work for the teams, uh, you are, I mean, do you do? I mean, do you, when the season starts, honestly, tell, I mean, what do you watch? Four, five, six games a week? I mean, you really are probably more than that, oh, right? Yeah, it's more than that. <laughs> I definitely watched I noticed you the said first that game. Lower, so uh, Gwen couldn't yeah. hear you, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I definitely watched the first game, and then uh, with League Pass, I, I start a second game, depending on how that good that, that is. And basically, they play every night, so you well, do the math on that. Well, that's very good. Well, that is I, I established that. I said that to ask you this. I really thought Kobe White was going to be a, a bigger. Uh, I, I saw him Kobe. as a, as an all star. I thought he would make have you know. I, I saw. I tell you this. I saw his trajectory sort of like Brandon's. You know, I mean, Brandon is. Well, you know, he's been an all star a couple of times. He, you know, is border has had a couple of seasons where he's been a borderline all NBA player. That's kind of where I saw Kobe. Where did I go wrong on that, dude? Well, first of all, he came in a bad situation with the coaching and so forth in Chicago when he first got there. The second problem is. He's a tweener. He's not – this is going to sound – I don't want his people calling you raising hell, okay? <laughs> uh, so this is not to denigrate him. This kid made it to the NBA. That's – you know, I trade places with him in a heartbeat. Uh, his, his, he's not skilled at the point guard position enough to play at full time, but he's not big enough to defend twos. So he's kind of stuck in that in-between. Yeah. Um, and that's why he worked – when they had Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso and DeMar DeRozan, because these were bigger guards. So uh, I think he's just stuck in a bad situation. I think if he went to a team that knew how to utilize him a little bit better and um, didn't require him to carry certain loads uh, offensively, I think he would be better. I think if he ended up somewhere like Miami, Miami would love to have him right now. You know, they lost – two of their guards to free agency and he's exactly what they need. So I, I think teams would be interested to see what Chicago wants back for him, because I don't think they got as many trade pieces as people think they do. Well, and good. I think that he's one of them. Oh, very good. Well, I'll tell you what, we've got a minute here. Let's, uh, yeah. and that's about Sorry. all we need for Detroit, I guess. Uh, but still, I'll tell you what, the Vegas expects something out of him because last year they only what won 17 games. And they're saying their over-under is 28-and-a-half this year. I know 28-and-a-half, and that's the lowest wow. number on the board, too. But that's an 11-game improvement uh, over our ceiling floor for uh, Detroit, Rich. 
I, I'm going to say what Vegas said because I think that Kate Cunningham coming back and playing is going to be a big – that's five games right there, I think, because he's legitimately uh, a top, I don't know, 30 player in the NBA. So um, him coming back is going to help. They got Joe Harris in free agency. They yeah, made a baby, few wah, other moves. Wah. Yeah, they've made a few other moves <laughs> along the way. You know, Wiseman, is he going to be able to take the next step? They resurrected, they, uh, resurrected Marvin Bagley's career. I mean, he actually did not look bad last year. Uh, you throw that in with Jalen Dern and uh, the Ivy kids. I think they're moving in the right direction. And they have one piece that I think a contender will want in uh, Bogdanovich. You know, he's older. Yeah. Uh, wing shooter, I think, come come playoff time, they could probably get an asset for him. So I like where they're going to, to, to make that a long story. Uh, I'm going to say the 28 like, like Vegas does. I'm going to say their floor is 15, though. <laughs> well, you know, these are young guys, yeah. and if they start getting some injuries, what happens if Cade doesn't play again? You know, they're right back where they started. So, you know, yeah, we'll see. Well, there you I want to see what Buddy Bayheim can do, by the way. I do, too. He's a pretty good three-point shooter. I do, too. I want to see if his game translates to the NBA. So there you go. Uh, That's a ceiling floor for the NBA Central when we have Rich on on Tuesday. I'm going to tell you, man, we're going to try to do two, okay? Okay. (laughs) Notice I said we're going to try to. Hey, real quick before I let you go. I steer us off ship. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. I love it. No, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, Dallas against New England. How how much is it going to hurt your heart to see? First, dude, we literally have 45 seconds, dude. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott in a Patriots uniform, and then what's your prediction for the game? Uh, I'm I'm a little concerned that Patriots defense is really good. Uh, I'm not exceptionally worried about Zeke because I, as I told you before, I thought he was shot a couple years ago. Uh, but you know, if he's due to have a big game, it's it's a game like this. You know what I mean? Uh, and uh, it's going to be telling to see where we what we do because we looked so bad the other day, so bad. Uh, is that is that something that the Cardinals found a flaw, or is that they they? out in a bad game you know what I mean oh yeah so we'll see we'll see what happens I'm a little concerned about the Patriots they're just good enough to give you problems yep well dude listen thank you so much man and again thank you for filling in for Paul today have a good weekend and we will talk to you on uh, Tuesday dude thanks for having me there you go that's Richard Clark from the Carteret County News Times Carolina Coast Online.com again uh I know you expect to hear Paul here on uh on the show on Fridays, but uh, in case you missed it earlier, his uh, son uh, coming came home late last night or yesterday afternoon from uh, the NICU, from the neonatal intensive care unit, and that is why uh, Richard stepped in. Really do appreciate Richard uh, for stepping in there with us uh, for that. Hey, uh, let me tell you about uh, our good friends over at Spence Automotive. It's where I get my car service. It's where you should go to, located at 603 Plaza Boulevard in the old Firestone building next to the Piggly Wiggly in Big Lots. Spence Automotive is owned by sports writing legend and just all-around great guy, Keith Spence. He's open Monday through Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Spence Automotive takes care of all your car care needs and also sells great tires, too. Give Keith a call at Spence Automotive at 252-686-5011 the next time you need your car service when you need new tires and tell him, the Brian Hanks Show sent you. And again, thank you to him. Thank you to all our day one sponsors and everybody, all 20 sponsors we have right now. We really do appreciate you for being part 
of the Brian Hanks Show. And joining us on our Spence Automotive guest line right now, a first-time guest to the show and way overdue. Should have had him on way before now. He is Mr. Southwest Onslow himself. Uh, If you want to know anything that's going on in Stallion World, you talk to Chris Rayner. And he is on our Spence Automotive guest line right now. How are you doing today, dude? Good morning, Brian. How are you, bud? Doing really good, man. And I love this thing that you sent me. I had seen this before, but I I hadn't said now I've got it saved to my desktop. So thank you. But it's the North Carolina high school football modern era top 30 winning percentage with a minimum of 500 games played since 1960. Who is number three on that list? By golly. What's the Southwest on the Stagans, but that list was done in 2020. To be honest with you. Well, you guys have had a couple of uh, a couple uh, a couple of not exactly Southwest uh, Onslow seasons. Uh, yeah, it's time to get some things changed, and um, the coaching staff's working really hard getting changing some things. You know, um, getting the plays in. I don't know if you noticed, but sometimes we struggle to look at the plays in on time. Still use the old system of you know carrying the play in from the sideline, and they're working on getting a lot of those things fixed. And, and they played really well the last two out of the last three games. Well, actually, the last three games they played really well. Well, I wanted to, before we even jump into uh, tonight's game, uh, Kenston is visiting Southwest Onslow tonight. That's one of uh, the games from our neck of the woods. I just wanted you to introduce yourself a little bit. And, I mean, you've got your own radio show. We were talking about that uh, in, in my monologue about if you want to hear Chris Rayner, not just here on my show, but you can join him at 9 o'clock today on 97.1, Freedom 97.1 in Jacksonville, 1120 a.m. Uh, but just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh where you're from originally, how you got involved with Southwest, all that. Just uh, introduce yourself to my audience. Well, I'm from right here, man, Southwest Onslow County. Um, grew up here, born and raised here. Family's been here for years. Just one of those old-time Onslow County families. Uh, Farm community, you know. Um, I was a probation officer for years, and then I was a chief with Department of Public Safety. Retired from there in January, best thing I ever did. Um, I love my retirement. Um, we talked about expanding the radio show. Well, I just do one day a week. I do like a little sports talk show for about an hour and a half. We have different guests that um, interview them. Um, we've had NFL football players. We've had NFL coaches. Bob Sanders, who was the defense coordinator for the um, Green Bay Packers, was recently on. Jerome Willingham, you know, who's on the committee that selects the the playoff teams for the playoffs, you know, in, the, in college football. And of course, was the coach at Notre Dame and Stanford. So we've had a lot of great guests, and, it, and it's really enjoyable to hear their stories. Um, how they got into sports and their sports walks to get them to where they are and where they've been, you know. Oh, and, and, and we talked ahead. about expanding the show to do more days a week, but, man, I just love my retirement. <laughs> um, and with, with some of the duties I have as booster president out of Southwest, right now it's just not a good time. So we're sticking to one day a week. I enjoy it. It's, it's just enough to get in there and, and mess with it. But I think in the future we're probably at least going to do maybe like a Monday morning show later on, kind of a Monday morning quarterback, you know, where we dissect stuff in the weekend because by the time you get to the next friday it's pretty much that stuff's been put away and you're previewing again you know for the coming weekend so that's what we do um it's on wsne freedom 97.1 you can find it on the internet um nine o'clock every friday morning we always have some great interviews i tell you what dude i'll be tuning in today uh we go from seven to nine here monday through friday and that's just perfect man uh listen to you at nine o'clock that that'll be that'll be awesome dude uh, and today we got the new dude. Um, we got Luke on the show, the new dude from the Blitz. You know, the new sportscaster, Channel Twelve. Um, every was today talking. About, we met him at, at North and North last week. Uh, great guy, really energetic from the Portland, area, from the Oregon area. 
Um, obviously, way different culture shock coming to Eastern North Carolina, but <laughs> he loves what he's doing. He's really energetic. Um, he gets riding really good with Brian North, of course, who's been you know, the guru in Eastern North Carolina for years. And so they got a good thing going there at Channel 12, and he'll be our guest today. Oh, very. I agree. Uh, we were very honored. We had him on a couple of weeks ago. And uh, like you said, I got to tell you, man, as an interviewer, and you appreciate this too, he's one of those guys you don't have to ask a whole lot of questions. I mean, you ask him a question, he'll go for a little bit. And I love that. And I know you do too as an interviewer. I do, man. Uh, and, but, I, and I love those people that say, look, I'll come on there, but I'm not going to talk a whole lot. And then you can't stop it. <laughs> Once you open that floodgates of, you know, them telling their story, man, it's, they usually, that, the quiet ones are the ones you just got to watch out for. Oh, absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, again, uh, Chris Rayner joining us from uh, from Southwest Onslow. Again, he has his own show. It airs every Friday uh, at 9 o'clock on Freedom 97.1, 1120 a.m. in uh, Jacksonville. But uh, just say, tell me a little bit about – I know what I was going to ask you. Your favorite memories, I mean, to this point. we're gonna. I've, I promise we're going to get to tonight's game. I want to get your prediction, get your thoughts on that. But, I mean, you've seen a lot of success at Southwest. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And let me tell you something. Uh, Jimmy Smith, who does games with me on Friday nights on uh, Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith from South Lenore, there is no bigger fan of Phil Padgett than uh, uh, than uh, Coach Smith. I mean, he loved uh, some Phil Padgett. He's told us a lot of great stories. So I need a good Phil Padgett story from you. And I also – uh, uh, But tell, tell us a little bit about your favorite memories from Southwest Onslow. All right. Well, I graduated there in 86. I played actually at Wall. Um, Phil Padgett was an assistant under Ed at the time and became the head coach a couple of years after I graduated. I went on down to UCW. And of course, you know, um, I'm one of the star football players in UCW history. I played just as many snaps <laughs> as anybody has at UCW, and I'm very proud of that. Um, hey, hey, I've heard so, they've never been beaten. Is that true? Never been beaten, man. And like I said, I've, I've been in on as many starts <laughs> as anybody in UCW football history, so I'm very proud of that. Um but I, you know, I graduated there in '86. Um, we always had a great tradition to start with, and then Phil took it to another level. He went to the um, Eastern Finals in '89, I think, and lost to a very good Perta team. And realized, hey man, this man, the, the days of two coach football, you know, they, they need to be in the past. And he started assembling a staff. And now you see these staffs that sometimes have more more coaches than like the Jones seniors have players. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> so um, he assembled a really good staff. Um, and as great as Phil was, though, it took him another 13 years or so to get back, or 11 years or so to get back to the state, um, to the Eastern Finals again, which he did in 99, went on to the state championship game, lost to a high point central team that was just a buzzsaw. They were more like a 3A team than a 2A team, and it's just one of those things, you know, undefeated team we had going in, and, you know, just ran into that buzzsaw. But then took him back the next year with a team that would have no way in shape or form expectations of one back and won it all in 2000 for the first time. And there's something to be said for that team that gets there the first time. They have, of course, had our um, current coach, Charlie Dempsey, was one of their star players. My cousin, John Hudson, several others. And that's really where I got back into Southwest football. I kind of, you never get out of Southwest football for a stagger. It was a stagger, always a stagger. Follow it. You go to some games here and there, but that's where I got back. And I haven't been to, I've missed maybe a couple of games since 99. But, um, my, my little brother, John Hudson, I call him. He's my cousin, but he's like a little brother. He got me back into it when he played. They went to the ship and lost. And then, of course, they came back, one in 2000, in 2003, and 2004. One of my favorite memories, though, was in that 99 season. Even though it wasn't a state championship game, it was only like, I think, second or third round of the playoffs. We come up against a Walsh or a Seal team that we had already beaten with Jack Holly as a coach earlier in the year. 
man, they went up like 18 points on us. It got to the first part of the fourth quarter, and that game was over. People were leaving. And all of a sudden, on fourth and 27, Phil Padgett dials up a halfback, double halfback reverse uh, pass. Scored a touchdown from about 50 yards out, and it was like he flipped the switch. Wow. And people that don't go to these games like me and you do, they don't understand what momentum is in a high school football game. You can tell them, look, there was one play to flip that game. They said, you're crazy. We lost by 14 points. You don't understand. There's one play usually in a game that'll, or, you know, in a game like that or a tight game that sometimes can flip a game like that. And that's what happened. We came back, won the game, um, and the rest was history. And that kind of launched him in his career to get to the state championship games. And of course, the 2003 team went under, totally undefeated. Um, and they beat some, some awesome teams that year. They beat, um, let's see, Tarboro in the playoffs. They beat Houston Holmes in the playoffs. They beat um, an undefeated East Bladen team. They beat an undefeated Burlington Cummings team who had just come off a state championship and hadn't won, their quarterback hadn't even lost yet. So it was just a great – that was the, probably the best season ever in stagnant football. Wow. Well, and going back to what you said about momentum too, Chris, is that a lot of folks, they forget these are – 15, 16, 17-year-old kids for the most part. And yeah. sometimes that's all you need is just uh, – I mean, these aren't, you know, college players or even pro players, I mean, that, you know, are you know have been playing a long time. Sometimes that's all you need is a little positivity and a little yeah. positive momentum, and it completely changes everything, doesn't it? And, and Phil was a motivator. I remember the first time we played Jacksonville. I think it was like 2001 or so after the state championship season. Um, we had always been talked about playing Jacksonville, even though we were at, the one, at that time 1A. And they were for it. But we um, played the first year and walked all over and just played a great game. And it was a lot due in part to his first, his pregame speech. I never forget it. He goes in front of these kids and says, look, you're a little touch of my Australia. You know, you know, and you know how he would bob back and forth and weave while he was talking. <laughs> Saying, you guys are this. And, um, you know, touch you guys and work hard. And it's blue collar. They're all over there in Northwest making their daddies, lawyers, attorneys making that money. But I tell you what, go out there and kick their rich butt. He didn't say butts. He said a different word. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, I'm sure, it. right? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. yeah. restrictions. Try to kick your rich butt. And that was it. Dude, that is so awesome. On the line with us yeah. right now, Chris Rayner. He is Southwest Onslow Stallion football. Uh, our Kenson Vikings travel to Jacksonville. They will be uh, playing there tonight. And uh, uh, I, I have to ask, with all the success that Southwest has had through the years, and again, recognized throughout the state as one of the best, and especially that graphic that you, that you sent me as of 2020, that he had the number three <coughs> uh, winning percentage in the state of North Carolina, what, over the previous 40, 45 years, whatever it was, what has happened uh, the last couple of years? And, I, I mean, I hate to bring up a bad subject, but, I mean, even Kenson well, has beat I them mean, two yeah, years in a row. It is what it is, and he's talking about it. You've got to talk about problems to fix it, you know. Um, we're still, I think, a fourth or fifth. I mean, you know, it doesn't change yeah. a lot in a couple oh, yeah. of years. Yeah. But it's just not that it started heading in a different direction. Um, and Coach Dempsey and his staff and, and Coach Whitehead and them have got them doing that. Um, they're working on some different things. We've always been a run team. And uh, I think Coach Dempsey coming from a you know a college type atmosphere, you know a college coach wants to you know run the spread and more offense and stuff. But he's realized that at Southwest, you know, it's a run we're a run team, and we throw when we need to. We throw um, we can throw the ball. We got a, a really good quarterback this year. It's just um, Southwest is primarily going to be a run team. They always have been, and that's what it's getting back to in the last three games. Um, we went 0 3 right out of the gate. Um, lost to Jacksonville 30 to 25. But Jacksonville is, is loaded this year. I don't know if you've seen them. I have. Um, yeah. Well, when, when you see, well, when you see, when you see uh, them beat Newburn, that tells you something, you know. 
yeah, even though Newbern did have you know some players out, but still um, the way they beat them, yeah, they decimated them. Um, lost to Richlands for the second year in a row after beating them thirty-three times in a row, which was a tough loss to take. Both losses were by one point. Um, actually, no, this week they, I'm sorry, this year they won on twenty to fourteen. But um, the year before, with one point, missed extra point, seven to six, just a slobber knocker. And, you know, that's the key to getting back, you know, the kids, too, is some confidence. Um, every year we start the, the year with Jacksonville. And I said, you know, they got more boys in their school than we have students. And it's just a tough go for us right out in the heat with both of, all our players going both ways, things like that. So I think, we're, you know, hopefully down the line I'll look at some scheduling issues and try and You always want to start out with a manageable game. That was one thing that Phil always preached was, not a cupcake like Lake Manamuskee or something like that, but somebody that <laughs> you're going to be competitive with and should be. And if you take care of business, you're one and oh, kids have that confidence. So hopefully that's something to look at you know, down the road. Then we had White Oak, our third game, lost on um, White Oak is rolling too. I don't know if you've seen them. Man, Coach, um, Coach Bird over there, Jonathan Bird, um, has got them guys jacked up. He, he's got them in the weight room. <laughs> They're all starting to look like him. But if you ever seen him, he's a hoss. <laughs> so, um, you know, they're big and strong and, um, Ran the ball right at us. Uh, they won 24 to 14. Then our savior came along, Goldsboro. Um, they're not, you know, a great team this year. Went there and won 57 to nothing. Kids, you just saw a flipping attitude on the conference level. Then the next game, played Wallace for a Lost to Wallace, who's very good. Um, on a side note, Wallace has a player that's third in the state in rushing. He's a Southwest kid. Wow. Just decided he wanted to move to Wallace and play for Wallace. So that's one of the culture things we're trying to change, too, because, um, Last year, we had four players make all conference in different schools to, with Southwest kids. So, oh. hopefully, we can get those kids to stop going to go play somewhere else or moving. You know, it, you know how it is with family members, both places. It, it happens. So, um, last week, of course, at North Lenore, um, that was a home game for us. No, I'm sorry. That was at North Lenore, right? Uh, yes, yeah, that, that was, was at, at North Lenore. Yep. Yeah. That's where we met Luke, of course, Luke Schwartz. And um, that was at North Lenore. And, um, 148 to 12, and the kids are just playing with a lot more confidence. Got Kinston tonight. Now, here's one, one thing I would tell Kinston scouting us one thing that would stick out. I notice anytime that the other team starts first and 15, like after a penalty or second and 15, that we really struggle. So, if I was Kinston, I would take the snap and take a knee on first down every time to make it second and 15. <laughs> well, the Kinston coaches, right, let me tell you, the Kinston coaches listen to this show every morning. So, uh, I think I'm uh, sure they going, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> him last night at the game. Like, he's a good coach, too. Well, very good. Well, listen, uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I, I like that advice. That I, we'll, we'll see if uh, Diesel will stick to that tonight, but I uh, do. Yeah, man, if you'll get us to second, if you'll get his team to second 15 every time, maybe second 20, you know, <laughs> you'll have us right where you want us, and, and that's the best advice I would give you. I love it. I absolutely love it. Listen, Chris, thank you so much for joining us here this morning. Uh, good luck tonight. And, uh, man, look forward to talk to you again sometime soon, okay? Yeah, well, sometime I'll come up there and I'll be on the show with you there and we'll go hit a dough burger. I love it, man. Come in one morning and do it here, and that's what we'll do. We'll go over to Lovick's and you get a dough burger on me, okay? And same thing. You come here. We have um, Helen's Kitchen, which is a phenomenal breakfast here. Um, provide breakfast during our show, so you can come up here and we'll do that sometime. I love it. Chris, thank you so All much, right. buddy. Have a good one, Brian. There you go. That's Chris Rayner. Uh, he is the expert for uh, Southwest Onslow. He has been around them. He played there. He's broadcast their games. <clears throat> he is at every game. I mean, he has his own show, too. So uh, be sure to uh, check that out once we get off the air here today, too.
Uh, so uh, that'll wrap up our first hour today of the Brian Hanks Show. Uh, man, coming up in our second hour, again, I want to thank uh, Richard Clark for filling in for Paul Whittington uh, here in our first hour. I want to thank Chris Rayner. But coming up here in our second hour, <coughs> we're going to have South Lenore's Will Harrell. We're going to have uh, Green Central's Jay Wilson. We're going to have Parrot Academy's Matt Beeman. That's our Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week tonight. So, uh, man, what a full show for you today. Uh, and uh, coming up, like I said, uh, the second hour today of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.